Hi, this is Don Sheree Wilkerson, and I pastor Vuk Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. A brand new collection entitled Small Faith. How many of you were encouraged by the word last week? Was that not incredible? The word Pastor Rich brought was so encouraging as he pointed our eyes to the fact that small faith can bring great miracles. In this text that we're about to read, Jesus has been teaching all day. He's been pouring his life out. It's been a long day, but the day doesn't end. As evening comes, the Bible tells us that he is on the Sea of Galilee and he gets the disciples on the boat and he is headed toward the east side. He goes out into the deep waters in the evening to actually further his ministry. In chapters to come, we'll read of the encounters he has on the other side of the sea. But as he goes into those deep waters that evening, we read as a furious squall comes, a storm that they never saw coming. And the Bible tells us that waves crash, not just into the boat, but actually it submerges the boat and starts to fill the boat. And the disciples are terrified. So much happens in seven short verses. Like, it's mind-blowing. I love the way that this story is recounted. It's recounted like it's, it's being seen firsthand. There are details in it, but it's also so short and so concise. It could literally be a children's book. And this is the way that it reads in verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, "'Quiet, be still.'" Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. As we gather around this collection entitled Small Faith, I wanna take the next few minutes to talk to you on this thought, when the storms rage. Will you bow your heads with me wherever you are today? Will you pray with me and ask God to speak to us? Lord, thank you for VU Church. Thank you for the Capital C Church that today all over the globe, your name is being lifted and exalted. God, we know that when we seek you, we find you. And so God, I pray right now that you'd reveal your power, reveal your presence through this promise found in your word. We love you. We're here for you and you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Oh, come on. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I wonder if we were honest today in our hearts, how many of us would say, I am going through a storm. You shouldn't feel bad about that, and yet so many of us do. We feel like somehow going through a storm reflects on our decisions. Some of you feel feel actually condemned by what 
you are going through. Perhaps today you're facing your storm and you're asking, where is Jesus in all of this? See, this story that we read in Mark chapter four, it's the story about some men on a boat and Jesus is on their boat and they go through a storm. Jesus is on the boat and they go through the storm. As believers with Jesus in your heart, it's not a matter of if you will go through a storm. It's a matter of when you will go through a storm. And you've got to understand today, you shouldn't feel confusion about facing a storm. You shouldn't feel guilt about facing a storm. You shouldn't feel condemned about facing a storm. You shouldn't wonder whether God cares about your situation when you face a storm. Even with Jesus on board, you are going to face storms. Even with Jesus on board in your marriage, your marriage is going to face storms. Even with Jesus on board at your job, your job is going to face storms. Even with Jesus on board in your emotional thought process, your life is going to face storms. Some of the greatest lessons that you will ever learn in your life will be taught by Jesus who is in your boat as you face the storm. If you're in a storm today, you need to know that Jesus is with you. And this story that we read in Mark chapter four, it's not to be taken as some one time, once in history, Jesus is on a physical boat. And oh my goodness, if only National Geographic could have captured it. He stopped the wind and he silenced the waves. No, this story is meant to be a parallel to your everyday life as a Christ follower for you to understand that every single day, Jesus is with you in your boat as you face your storms. See, the first thing I want you to see in this story is that when the storms rage, Jesus confronts your fear. Verse 40 says, he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other. This is after the storm has subsided due to the command of Jesus. They say, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus didn't say, you don't have enough faith. Jesus said, why do you have no faith? Zip, nada, nothing. Why do you have no faith? Faith. And the faith that Jesus is specifically talking about is the saving power that Jesus held. They didn't believe that Jesus had the ability to save them. They didn't believe that Jesus was actually able. In fact, when they come to him, they don't even ask him to save them. They simply say, why don't you care? Why don't you care? They're not saying, Jesus, save us. They're just upset that he isn't invested in their pain. But Jesus is saying, I'm so much more than invested in your pain. I am able to save. I am able to silence the wind and the waves. I am able to stop this storm, but you don't have any faith. 
that I'm actually able to save you. The disciples had no faith, but a ton of fear. (laughs) A whole lot of fear can never compare to just a little faith. You may be carrying so much fear. It may keep you company at work. It may keep you company as you go to sleep. It may wake you up in the morning with new ideas of what could possibly transpire in the storm that you are facing. But hear me, fear is terrible company. A whole lot of fear can never compare to just a little bit of faith. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you power of love and a sound mind. Fear is not a gift from God. Fear is not something that God gives you to torment you in the middle of the storm. Instead, Jesus empowers you to confront that fear, to allow that fear to be confronted and removed from your life. See, they they haven't rejected Jesus. They've just failed to understand him. There's a very big difference. Even as the story resolves, their their misunderstanding of who Jesus is, it doesn't resolve. They go from being afraid of the storm to being afraid of Jesus. The fear just switches. I think sometimes when we read this story, we can look at Jesus as some angry man who is yelling at these young men that they are not good enough. We can look at it as a rebuke, but friends, Jesus doesn't first rebuke the disciples. He turns to the wind and the waves, and he rebukes the wind and the waves. I think this story is about a God that loves you so much that he wants you to know that no matter what you face, no matter what storm you come up against, he is with you, he cares, about the fear that is antagonizing you. He cares about the anxiety that keeps you up at night. He cares about the torment that you are facing and he wants you to know that he is in your boat and he is faithfully going to take you to the other side. He is never going to leave you. I love the determination of the God that we serve that he is determined to get it through the minds and the hearts of the disciples. And he is determined even today, whatever you're facing in your storm, he is determined to get it deep into your heart, into the soil of your soul, that he is with you, that he loves you, and that he's not leaving you in the middle of the storms that you face. Not just the storm that you face today, but the storm you're gonna face tomorrow. The storm you're going to face 10 years from now, friends, storms will come again and again, but Jesus is determined and he's trying to get it through to the disciples that I'm with you. He even says it before he ascends to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the father. Before he leaves the earth, he looks at the disciples again. And he says in John chapter 14, verse 27, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, when Jesus tells the wind to be quiet, what does he say? He says, quiet. It's the same command that we already read in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus speaks to the man who is tormented by demonic spirits. It doesn't matter whether it's the wind and the waves 
or whether it's a weary, tormented heart, Jesus is faithful to speak peace. He's left peace to us. He's left peace that passes all understanding. Now, there are storms in our life that can actually cripple us from ever stepping into the things that God's called us to do. There are storms that you've faced in your past that still you feel the ripple effects in your everyday thought patterns, in your dreams, in the plans that you have for your future. They have been shaped. They have been limited. They have been adjusted based on the storms that you have faced in the past. I remember two years ago being in Colorado, and I was there for a conference with Rich, and there was so much snow, and when I looked on the itinerary one night, it said sleigh ride, and I thought, well, that's unique. Okay, I don't really even know what that means, being a Miami, Louisiana girl, but okay, and I showed up to the location at the time that they specified, and they had these huge sleighs. About 30 people could fit in them, and they were hooked up to a snow tractor, and that snow tractor started to trek up the mountain. I didn't say a hill. I said a mountain, a mountain covered with snow, a mountain so steep that that entire day people had been skiing down this mountain, but now the mountain is empty except for us on our sleighs being pulled by the tractor. And we get up to the top of the mountain and we have dinner. And after the dinner, there's some heavy snowfall. And I'm like, is there an alternate route home? And they said, there's only one way down back on the sleigh. So we get on the sleigh with the snow falling down. I'm looking around feeling, you know what? This, is, this doesn't feel particularly safe to me. I don't know how I feel about this. And we start to go down the mountain as the tractor digs its spikes into the snow, keeping us solidified as we go down the mountain. I turned to the man next to me who was working on the sleigh. I said, sir, have you ever had any issues on this sleigh? And he looked at me and he said, we haven't had one problem in 30 years. 60 seconds later, the lights suddenly go out on the sleigh and there is a sudden impact that throws me under the row of chairs in front of me. I'm now laying on my back in the dark as everyone on the sleigh is screaming and I feel the tractor in front of us slide down the mountain and then we hit the tractor again and then the tractor slides some more and then we hit the tractor again. There were three fast, hard impacts and as soon as that sleigh even paused for a moment, I was just a few weeks pregnant, but I stood up on my feet as quickly as I could. I grabbed the side of that sleigh and I jumped off of that thing onto the side of the mountain. They said, get back on. I said, I'm not getting back on. Everybody ended up getting off. They had to send alternate help to us. We soon found out that something had happened that had never transpired before. The power had gone out on that tractor trailer. And as the power went out, the latch that connected the sled to the tractor had come completely unhitched. And the only thing that kept our sleigh from free falling at speeds that couldn't be controlled all the way down the mountain until we had impact was us hitting the tractor over and over again. It stopped us. So, this year when Rich went back to that mountain, and he looked at me and he said, Don Sherry, I'd love for you to come with me to this conference. I said, I'm good. 
I'll be, I'll be right here in Miami holding it down. I've got a purpose and a calling right here in Miami, Dade County. God's called me to this place. I don't need the mountains. I'll take the beach any day. I'm not going over there. So often in our lives, something transpires. And fear takes a permanent root in our life. And instead of going to the other side, we say, no, I'll just stay right here. Instead of stepping into what God has called us to, we say, oh, no, I'm good right here. I'm comfortable right here. I don't have to confront my fear any longer right here. But Jesus is saying, but I'm in your boat and I'll take you to the other side. There's more for you to see. There's more for you to conquer. Don't allow fear to hold you back from the call of God on your life. Why don't you confront your fear and allow me to do the miraculous in your life? I'm with you. I'll take you to the other side. Can I ask you today, what have you backed away from in your life? What have you backed away from in your life? Because one of the most important questions that you can ask in your life is, what am I afraid of? And that's not me asking you today. Those are the very words of Jesus in Mark chapter four. The first thing he says to the disciples is he looks them in the eye in the middle of the storm and he says, what are you afraid of? So many times just that question answered can bring new victory to your life. What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? What's antagonizing you? What's tormenting you? What's limiting your vision? What's changing your direction? What are you afraid of, Jesus says? You know, my, my parents are my heroes. My parents have pastored for decades now. There's seven kids in our family, and this week we got lucky enough, they, they flew to Miami to be with us. And I've watched my dad go through so many storms. See, the, the lie today would be to believe that as soon as you get through this storm, that you're good. But really living a life of faith is understanding that at any given moment, a storm can pop up. But my confidence comes from knowing that Jesus is with me. I've watched my dad walk, walk through financial difficulties and impossibilities. I've watched him walk through friendships that have failed. I've watched him walk through mountains and attacks that he never foresaw and couldn't control. But I've watched him as you can sit across the table at coffee with him and you'd never know he was in the biggest storm of his life because he's so focused on you. He's so focused on speaking life encouraging, leaning into the moment. The storm hasn't changed his conversation. Instead, he's able to trust God. And I asked him this week while he was in town, I said, how, how do you face a storm? How do you, dad, how do you face a storm? You've faced so many storms over the years. You continue to face storms. How do you face a storm? And he said, well, Don Shuri, I go to the end of it. And I look at the worst case scenario. And if Jesus is with me, I go back to the beginning and I start that storm with confidence. 
because I know that God will take me to the other side. And hear me today, one of the greatest lessons Jesus teaches us in the storm is to confront our fears. When you actually choose to look your fear dead in the eye, that fear no longer has control over you. That fear no longer has power over you. Today I would say, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of tomorrow? Because the Bible tells us don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Are you worried about what others say? Oh, the fear of man is a trap. Scriptures tell us the fear of man is a snare. But when you trust in the Lord, you are safe. Are you afraid of the weight of what you carry? Scriptures tell us, cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. He is a safe place. He can handle what you carry. Are you afraid of darkness? Are you even afraid of death? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. In other words, you are in my boat. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I wanna tell you there is nothing that fear will sell to you that faith cannot override and conquer. God is in your boat. Jesus will confront your fear every time when the storms rage. And just like he said to the disciples, what are you afraid of? Today, he looks at you. He will confront your fear if you will open your heart and let him. He says, what are you afraid of? But secondly, when the storms rage, Jesus empowers your will. Verse 38 says this, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. This is in the middle of the storm. Jesus is asleep, but he's there. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? The disciples are pointing the finger, accusing Jesus of indifference to them in the middle of their storm. Jesus' response makes it so clear. Hey, this is not about me. He looks at them and he says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have absolutely no faith? In other words, I need your will to kick in and meet me where I am. This is not about me not caring. This is about you not being aware of who is on your boat. Stop pointing the finger accusing me when I've been with you every step of the way. I haven't jumped ship. I haven't left you. I am not overwhelmed by this. I'm not intimidated by this storm. Why are you afraid? Here in Miami, understand, Jesus is in our boat. Vue Church, Jesus is with us. But he empowers our will to make a decision to be committed to building his kingdom here on earth. And his kingdom will only come from heaven to earth when your will actually wills it. 
When you actually decide, I decide to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I decide to be committed to the things of God. Listen, we don't just lead crews. We don't just participate in small groups in Miami because it's some token gesture of look at what we're doing. It's a good thing for the community. No, we're invested in what God is building. And we believe in the power of allowing our will to meet God right Right where he is, that we're not building something else, we're building what he's building. We're investing our lives and our emotion and our sacrifice and our time and our finances, our passions and our creativity and our dreams and everything that we have. And it takes your willpower and it takes your sacrifice. Jesus empowers your will. Holy Spirit daily will empower your thought patterns. Daily, he will inspire your decisions. He'll give you self-control. See, the storms, they hit daily. But daily, you can have revelations straight from God as your will is empowered by the Holy Spirit to be faithfully stewarding what God has put in your hand. He'll take you to the other side. Don't jump ship. Don't turn around. Don't take another path. The storm is not a sign that you are doing something wrong. Rather, the storms come for all of us. But we have the assurance that Jesus is right here with us. In the storm, I know that I'm not alone, and I know that God is with me. I love what Ephesians 4 tells us. No longer be children tossed to and fro. What a picture, right? Especially as we're talking about a storm. Don't be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. If you've somehow come to the belief that because you're facing a storm, you're doing something wrong or you're in the wrong place, friends, that is bad theology. Christians are not immune to the pain of this world. Christians do not walk through life naive to the brokenness and the destruction that is around us. Christians do not get a pass that says, I just get to sidestep any sorrow or grief or loss that comes my way in life. Instead, because we are Christ followers, we get to face the storm head on and say, I know that God is with me. I know he's with me and I'm facing the storm and the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing in my boat and it's midnight and I'm soaking wet from the rain that is pouring on top of me. But Jesus is in my boat and he's gonna take me to the other side. Over the last few years, I've shared that we walked through years of infertility. And carrying my children, each one of them has brought unique storms in our life. I'll never forget in 2019, as I was carrying my second son, Wild, there was a moment where we thought we had lost him. And it was a storm that we walked through together. And it was a storm that the grace of God was revealed and the presence of God sustained us through it. As we were sure in that moment that we were not moving forward any longer, knowing that we were carrying our son. 
And you say, Don Shree, how do you walk through a storm like that? Well, I carried a promise into that storm that I had found in a previous storm. Because what God establishes in the storm you're facing today, you will carry into the storms of tomorrow. One of the promises that I've leaned on time and time again is found in Psalms chapter 131, verse 2. It says this, but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Pay attention to that verse. It says, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Calmed and quieted, just like Jesus calmed and quieted the wind and the waves. He's empowered me to calm and quiet my own soul. See, a weaned child can be held in her mother's arms and not feel anxious, not feel frustrated, not feel angry because she isn't being nursed. She's been weaned. Even though something has been taken away from her that at one point was irreplaceable, that at one point was the only thing that she needed, she no longer depends on it and feels fully safe, secure, and at peace in her, in her mother's arms. And I want to speak to somebody today. The Holy Spirit empowers your will in the storms of life. Where just like a weaned child, you are able to calm and quiet your own soul. He's given you self-control. He's given you promises through the word. He's given you his presence that never leaves you or forsakes you. Where even though you may not have the thing that you once depended on for your sustenance, for your strength, for your daily walk, you can say, I may not have that anymore, but I'm still in your arms. You're still holding me. You're still guiding me. You're still caring for every single need in my life. I will choose. I will choose to calm and quiet my soul because God, you have empowered me by by your spirit. My will is at work in this. I can trust you. My journey was not made alone through infertility. My journey wasn't made through that moment when we thought that we had lost wild. Uh, Doctors have been a part of my journey every single step of the way. I've been very honest about that since day one. Doctors have walked alongside us. I'm grateful for them. My parents have prayed for the, prayed for us. I'm grateful for them. My husband has been right in the middle of the storm alongside me. He's faced it also. I'm grateful for him. But friends, none of them can calm and quiet my soul. The only person who can choose to calm and quiet my soul is me. When I decide to surrender my will to the power of the Holy Spirit, that's a decision that only I can make. Only you can make. Today, maybe you're facing a storm and you feel overwhelmed and you're looking for everybody else to calm and quiet your soul. Your husband cannot calm and quiet your soul. Your wife cannot calm and quiet your soul. Your doctor can't. Your boss can't. Your best friend can't. Your mentor can't. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can empower your will to calm and quiet your soul. And he will. Every single time in this storm, he will empower your will to choose his presence over the problem. It's not jump ship, but to hold on to the hands of Jesus. 
and know that he is carrying you through. When the storms rage, Jesus will empower your will. I have a promise that I've held on to. Jesus says, I will keep in perfect peace. God promises, I will keep in perfect peace him whose mind has stayed on me. Have you willed your thoughts towards Jesus? Are you full of anxiety because you're so focused on the wind and the waves? But he says, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. Just because you have access to faith doesn't mean that you're using it. Just because you're tuning in for an hour and a half today doesn't mean that you're going to carry his peace for the rest of the week. That's a decision that only you can make. Do you have what you need to get through the storm? Yes, you have everything that you need because God is with you. But it starts from the inside out. Eugene Peterson says this, all the water in the oceans cannot sink a ship unless it gets inside. Nor can all the trouble in the world harm us unless it gets within us. What's going on on the inside today? Are you facing a storm, but the storm has leaked into your soul and robbed you of your faith? What's going on on the inside today? You know, as as a mother, I want to empower my children today for the storms they'll face tomorrow. I want them to know the truth that the world is not like my home that the safe and secure atmosphere that they live in every single day, that they will face storms in their life. And I want them to ask the real questions. Can kindness really defeat hatred? Can light really drive out darkness? Can the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding really override our pain? I want my children to grow up knowing greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is no storm that I will face that God is not here with me. I can have small faith and it's enough faith because it is connected to the God of all. Lastly, today, when the storms rage, when the storms rage, maybe today you are raging. Maybe today your heart is raging. Maybe today the confusion and the chaos around you, it is raging. I want to remind you one more time, when the storms rage, Jesus focuses your faith. I love this because if you hear anything I say today, Jesus has confidence that you're going to believe in him. It says if he expresses surprise, like, surprise, like you really don't believe? After all this, Jesus is committed to the journey with you. He's committed to developing faith within you. It may be small faith, but that small faith is gonna grow. Why? Because it's faith that actually sustains you. He was right there and the disciples missed it. He was right there and the disciples fully missed it. Friends, Jesus can be in your boat all along and you fully missed it. You may have been tormented by the thoughts of fear this year. You may have been in a tailspin that has taken you places that you never dreamed or imagined, but all the time Jesus has been right there. 
You may have been talking about your issues, trying to get some peace just from regurgitating what you are facing, trying to tell everybody what you're going through just to try to get some sort of peace in your life. But friends, all the time, Jesus is right there. Disciples missed it. You don't have to miss it. Jesus is in your boat. Some of you need to understand today because you're missing it. You're looking everywhere else. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He cares about the fear that you feel. He cares about you feeling overwhelmed. There's not anything that you're gonna face that is gonna overwhelm the God that you serve. Jesus isn't looking at your circumstance going, oh my goodness, I didn't see that one coming. Oh, she did that. I don't know if I can help with that. Oh, he, he's there. I don't know if I want to step into that. Oh, man, I didn't see that coming. I don't think I have anything to add. Jesus is not surprised. Jesus is not overwhelmed. Jesus is with you. And he's fearlessly confident. And he's full of a faithful peace. See, there are moments that we have faith for everybody else, but we don't apply it to ourselves. Last week, Rich preached powerfully. If you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen because he spoke on small faith and he spoke about the small seed, the mustard seed, and how that small faith grows. Now, the Word of God paints a picture for us that it grows into the largest plan of all, giving shade even to the birds, and that even those who haven't sown or haven't reaped get to receive shade from our faith. But if there's shade for everyone else, is there shade for me? How have the disciples seen Jesus intervene for everybody else? And yet this is their moment and they doubt Him. How have the disciples watched Him open blind eyes, heal the lame, do miracles right before their very eyes? And yet they still doubt that He is able to intervene in their situation. Sometimes it's hard to believe the man in the boat. No matter how many people he's fed, no matter how many people he's healed, no matter how many hopeless hearts he's spoken purpose into, sometimes it's hard to believe that he will actually intervene in your personal storm. We make Jesus the Savior of the world, but we don't believe that he can be the Savior of our own soul. We believe that Jesus can calm everybody else's storm. But Jesus, I don't know. I don't know if you can calm my storm. Psalm 56, three says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. If you're afraid today, he's inviting you to put your trust in him. Maybe you sing those worship songs with all your heart there's a piece of you that's still trying to carry your burdens alone, still trying to walk through your sorrow alone, still trying to process your grief alone, still trying to walk through the brokenness alone. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. An interesting part of this story is understanding the context of where they were. 
The Sea of Galilee is this sea surrounded by mountains. I'll never forget when I went there as a teenager. I thought it was the most beautiful place I'd ever been in my life. It blew me away. It took my breath away to be on the water, surrounded by mountains. And so the sea is like a basin. It's like a bowl. And when we read about this violent storm that came in and hit the disciples and Jesus as they were in their boat, this was not an unordinary circumstance in the day-to-day life on the Sea of Galilee. Furious squalls would come in and leave just as quickly as they came. I think we know a little bit about that in Miami. You know, you can be driving down the interstate in Miami and you can see the delineation between a storm and the rain and the sunshine. We have that tropical weather where suddenly the rain falls and it falls heavier than you could ever imagine. And before you know it, the sun is out and it's hot and it's beautiful. And you would never believe that moments before there was a storm. The Sea of Galilee was known for furious, violent storms hitting it. So even as Jesus and the disciples headed out into the deep waters, even though it might've been the most beautiful night that night, they knew because there were many experienced fishermen who were disciples. They knew that they were stepping into possible danger that could fall on them. And when Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves and He says, quiet, be still. Yes, it's a miracle that the Word of God tells us the wind stopped blowing. But you know what is an even greater miracle? Is that the waves suddenly ceased and that it was completely calm? Because you and I understand that if there was a storm on the waters, that even after the wind ceased, the waves would be choppy for hours. The ripple effects of the storm would stay. He doesn't just stop the storm. He stops the waves caused by the storm. And that speaks so much faith to me in my personal walk because perhaps the storm has stopped in your life, but perhaps today you are plagued by the ripple effects of the pain that you have faced in your past. Today, your boat is still rocking, still shaking from what you experienced last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, and you wonder, God, will I ever experience the calm? Will I ever experience See, Jesus doesn't just have the power to quiet your storm. He has the power to say, be still to the pain that continues to plague you. Have you just accepted the pain as your new normal? Have you just accepted the chaos and the thoughts of fear and the anxiety and the torment? low self-confidence, mistrust of everyone, bitterness, unforgiveness, the deep brokenness that you feel in your soul. Have you just accepted it as the ripple effects of the storm you went through? And thank God that He stopped the storm, but this is the way I'll always live. He wants to say calm to your soul. He wants to speak peace to the deepest parts of your spirit. 
Perhaps this last year hit you like a furious wall. Perhaps you never saw it coming. He wants to speak peace to that storm. And He wants to bring peace that you can step into every storm that is to come, knowing that God is with you. It's not about how fierce the storm is in your life. It's about what you believe in the storm. What do you believe in the storm? We're gonna worship in a moment, but someone reminded me today that it's 52 weeks ago today that the doors of our church closed in the physical sense. And that COVID and the precautions and the fear swept our nation and our globe. 52 weeks ago this year, today. 52 weeks ago today. I think that it would be right for us to pause and to understand that it has been a full year of a storm completely changing the trajectory of our lives. If you would have asked me 52 weeks ago, what are you afraid of? I would have given you a bullet point list. I'm afraid of sickness. I'm afraid of the pain. I'm afraid of what's gonna happen to the local church. I'm afraid for our nation and for our world. I'm afraid of losing people that I love. There was so much to be afraid of. But friends, standing on the other side 52 weeks later, yes, we have walked through pain. Yes, we have walked through loss. But Jesus has been with us all the time. And He has taken us to the other side. He has confronted our fear faithfully. He has empowered our will, friends. And every single step of the way, He has sustained us and He has focused our faith. You gotta focus your faith. You can't say that faith is good for everybody else. No, focus your faith on what you're facing again and again and again. He's been faithful to us. And 52 weeks later, all I can say is thank you, Jesus. Yes, there's been pain. Yes, there's been insurmountable odds. Yes, there's been mountains that we didn't know how to climb. Yes, there's been problems that we still haven't solved. But friends, I have a holy confidence because I know that Jesus is in our boat. And I know that when the storms rage and when the, when the, the power in our life seems to leave, that we know that we're empowered by the Spirit. When the storms rage, you are not alone. Jesus is with you and He'll carry you to the other side. I wanna pray for you wherever you are. I believe that today you can surrender your storm. You can open up your eyes to Jesus who has never left you. 2,000 years ago, Jesus didn't just stop the storm, but He stopped the ripple effects of sin. He gave His life on the cross for you. He was put in a grave, but He rose from that tomb three days later. And as He conquered death, hell, and the grave, He brings life and hope to every single one of us who choose to trust Him. You can make that decision today. Wherever you are, it's not a decision that we're making together. It's a decision that you're making deep within your heart Do you want to surrender your life to Jesus? 
Not just surrender your storm, surrender your life. He wants to lead and guide you. He wants to be the Lord of your life, not just a passenger on board, but the one who is stewarding, leading, guiding you. If that's you and you say, Don Tree, today I choose Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me, that you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you. Give me the gift of faith. Empower my will. I love you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen, amen. Come on, we're celebrating right here. I know that we're celebrating at Silver Spot today. Your life matters. Your decision matters. And if you made that decision, I just want you to text decided, the word decided, to 786-755-3737. We want to put some resources in your hand. We want you to know that you don't have to walk this thing out alone. In fact, none of us can. We need each other. The local church is God's, is God's um, invention. He's given it to us. Didn't just save you. He put you in a family. Welcome to the family. We love you and You know, I'd love for us to sing just a little bit more. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.